Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. As we start to turn the page and look forward to Week 13 action, Raiders Chargers at Legion Stadium, Sunday, 125 kickoff. Of course, you can hear the game right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 at 125. Again, is the kickoff time. I asked the question. I throw it out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Who are you most concerned about in this game Sunday? against the Chargers, or for playing for the Chargers as they head to Allegiant Stadium. Join us now on the phone lines right now as we turn our attention to the UNLV Rebels and the Running Rebels is our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And, well, what a week, right, for UNLV <laughs> Athletics, man. Jeez, uh, I don't I don't know yeah. where to start, but let's start at the beginning. You know, the, the Rebels, they win the cannon. You know, they, mm-hmm. they paint it red, and the same day they paint it red, they find out that their coach is being uh, let go. And Marcus Arroyo, what kind of day was that just for you, someone who was covering the program, talking to coach the day before, mm-hmm. and then obviously talking to players as well? I mean, every single person, including Coach Arroyo, was, you know, blindsided by this. Um, you know, I had him on the show, Red Zone, on Sunday, and, you know, we were talking about recruiting. We were talking about him traveling. We were talking about, uh, you know, painting the cannon red. You know, he told me he was going to wear, um, you know, maybe wear a little, like, paint suit or something. I mean, nothing once crossed my mind that, you know, oh, coach, you know, your job's on the spot. You know, nothing crossed my mind, um, you know, other other than, you know, not not getting six wins, but... There's so much, I don't know, positivity on the Red Zone Sunday night. You know, they still have a chance to make a bowl game due to their, their APR, their, their academic progress rate. Um, you know, they painted the can red. You know, they, they beat Reno in the season finale, sending the seniors off for the dub. I mean, there's only great stuff to talk about, um, you know, just, just finishing the season strong with Coach Arroyo. Um, so, so Monday morning, I mean, around 9, 9.30 in the morning, um, you know, I had just finished working out. I was, you know, just you know, hopping in the shower, just getting ready to go to work and, and getting ready to, to paint the cannon red. And when I, when I saw the news, I was like, man. So, um, you know, it was an emotional day for Coach Royal, obviously, talking to the players and talking to the coaches um, and, and texting with them. You know, they were just like at a loss for words. So to go out and paint the cannon red, I mean, I know the guys were having a good time, but it was just awkward. You know, it was mm-hmm. just tough to see, um, you know, the players and some of the support staff out there. It's like you want to celebrate this moment, but there's so much uncertainty now. And, um, you know, from someone who was really close with the program, it was just a dark, definitely a tough day. A lot of the players like Aiden Robbins and Harrison Bailey saying like, all right, we like we don't know where to go right now, but, you know, we're going to figure out this bowl game situation, you know, see who replaces Arroyo. But a lot of the guys were really close with Coach Arroyo, and, you know, obviously the players loved him and everything. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a tough day on Monday, but there was also just so much like, okay, we need to figure out and digest this, this fire and, you know, why not keep him for another year? Why just rip the Band-Aid off now? Um, and, and Eric Harper, plain and simple, just said he's looking for a head coach that consistently wins and go win a championship and go to a bowl game and bring championships to Las Vegas. 
and it was the inconsistency in coaching in 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 over Coach Arroyo's three seasons. Um, and we brought up the Hawaii game. You know, we brought yeah. up. You know, did you did you think after the Hawaii game that was it? Um, and he said, no, you know, after the Hawaii game, we were, you know, evaluating, we were evaluating Coach Royal, you know, throughout his entire time here. But um, I, I also noticed how Eric Harper said in his statement that they, they struggled against, um, they struggled against Reno in their season finale. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's yeah. just a lot from, from Eric Harper, and I could probably be on air for three hours about this. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, really, it kind of, like I said, the timing was really odd to me, you know, knowing that they were going to be painting the the cannon red that day and then all of a sudden to let the head coach go before that even happens. And Paloma, when coaches get fired, especially on the college level, most people just look at the head coach, but it affects so many lives. I mean, associate Mm -hmm. uh, coaches, assistant coaches, players, families, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's more than just on the surface of one guy getting let go. Uh, You mentioned the player and how they felt about Coach Royal. Has there been any indication from any of them that they may be testing the waters and looking for the transfer portal? I think it's too early. Okay. Um, you know, I just caught up with the players yesterday, and a lot of the players were just like, because he had so many transfers. Yeah. I mean, he had over 25, 30 transfers in his program that, you know, Coach Royal took a chance on him. We're talking about Aiden Robbins, the receivers on defense, on, you know, the the offense. So he had transfers all over the team. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see who they hire. It's all going to depend on who they hire. And, yeah. you know, it's just going to depend on, on whether these guys want to stay and, and, and have faith and build this thing up again and, and figure it out and see what kind of coaches come with the new coach. Um, so, so, but yeah, I mean, that's just the thing about college football. I mean, now with the transfer portal, it's such a game changer in these players, you know, moving all, all over the country. But, um, it was just interesting, like statistically to go over Aiden Robbins year and, and some of the receivers like Kyle Williams and just all the success that, that his players had this year under coach Roy, I felt like they were trending up, but um, you, you got to win games. You got to yeah. win games, and and if you don't win games, then you know you get the boot. But of course, a lot of people saying you know the COVID season didn't matter. You know, Coach Arroyo was only there for two years, but um, Eric Harper is you know it's it's Las Vegas, and you're trying to compete yeah. with the Raiders and the Golden Knights and the Aces, and you know all all the the sports that are coming into town. And UNLV wants to be up there. They want to sell out the Thomas and Mack and Allegiant Stadium, and you know they want people to be invested in the UNLV community. So he feels like he had to do what he had to do. There you go. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to say rough, that you brought up such a great point, though, and I say it all the time when it comes to the Raiders. Like, you have to be a winner in this town. If you're not, someone's going to find some other entity or something else to put their eyeballs on, right? I mean, they're not just they're not going to go support someone who's not winning. And so that's that's also the Raiders' job. They have to find a way to win games, too, because if not, they're just going to be another residency on the Las Vegas Strip, and nobody wants to be just yeah. another Las you know, and that's... I understand where Eric Harper's coming from. Well, yeah, if UNLV wants to join the Pac-12 in the future, I mean, they got to win games. Yeah. they got to, you know, be a powerhouse in, in the Mountain West. So um, with the Pac-12 championship being here um, in Vegas, 
You know, you you got to you got to win games. You got to be at the top of the mountain with which which that's how Coach Royal started the season with the four and one start. Yeah. Um. You know, and Doug Brumfield and that whole that whole offense, both sides of the ball. Um. You know, they had a really strong start to the season, but to lose six straight to to you know flat out choke against Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, and then Eric Harper said, you know, they struggled against Reno in the, in the final game of the season, and, you know, UNR was the worst team in the Mountain West, and, you know, they, and the Wolfpack could have won that game in the very last play, so it was just like, you take all that into account for, and um, now we'll see who they replace, and I'm really interested to see who they replace, um, because in Eric Harper's mind, you know, he wants to win a championship, and he wants to, gain, to win games right out the door, you know, immediately. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, of, of talk of who's going to come. Obviously, I saw the Gary Patterson, the, you know, potential Uh-oh. candidate. Uh-oh. That would be awesome. But, I see um, you. I see you, TCU. I see you, listen, TCU. Listen, <laughs> I don't know if he's leaving Texas for the head coaching job at UNLV. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. But we'll, we'll definitely, um, you know, keep my ears and eyes open on – there's like 10 – head coaching jobs in, in, in SBS right now. So yep. um, there's a, I guess it's a, you know, a competitive market out there right now for sure. Paloma, something that I want to ask you about, as we all want to talk about the coaching hire, who's going to be next as the UNLV men's football coach, but what about who's going to be the associate head coach or the interim coach for if this team does get a bowl game invitation? Yeah, so it would be Kenwick Thompson. Um, and that's UNLV's associate coach. She coached um, the linebackers, too. So, Kenwick Thompson. Um, but, you know, what, what makes me, you know, sad about all this is just, you know, how close I've gotten with, with the coaches. And there's, you know, some great coaches that Arroyo had from, from Oregon and from Cal and from um, USC. So, it's just Coach Arroyo's staff, too. Um, and then defensively, I mean, defensively, we saw how much stronger UNLV grew under Coach Hayward, yep. who came from Cal. So, um, you know, when I think of a Royal leaving, it just it's it's it is what it is. It's all business, but you know, you develop these great relationships with with the entire building, and you know, to see all of them, you know, possibly be wiped out, tough. Yeah, no, it is, and that's the that's the coaching business, man. College, NFL, whatever the case may be, that's the coaching business. It's always, you know, you're you're, you're basically hired to get fired. Again, we're talking mm-hmm. with Paloma Villacana from Fox Five Sports here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. So, as far as the running rebels go, I know that uh, you know, you you put out a tweet the other day that you're going to be spending a lot of time in the <laughs> Thomas and Mac. They're seven yeah. and zero, Paloma. So, what's yeah. the gut feeling? How at what point of the season are you going to know, or you're going to have a good feeling of exactly who this running rebel team is? Is. I mean, they put up 126 points the other night against, you know, an NAIA team. But right. still, against me and DeMond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we could have gone out there cute. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. Rebels, we could have gone out there. But, um, no, I'm really excited. I know Kevin Kruger has a really special group this year, and I'm, I'm already on the road with him in San Diego. So nice. it's kind of funny. We wrapped up UNLV football season, and I'm, I'm straight back on the road with, with – uh, the running rebels are playing USC this Saturday. So, um, you know, what I see is just a lot of new talent, a lot of fresh talent. Um, I just sat down with EJ Harkless, the Mountain West uh, player of the week last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just feel like this is just a more mature team. And, and coach Kruger has,
has talked about their preparation, the maturity on his team, the experience these guys have brought in coming from Power 5 programs. I think EJ's a fifth-year senior, so, you know, he has older guys, experienced guys, and, and I'm excited to see how, how the rest of this non-conference plays out. But um, do I think they should be in the AP Top 25 by now? I mean, yeah, they need to be. So um, that would be fun. I mean, they, they all every single player on the team has told me, they want to make the tournament, and they want to go far in the tournament this year. So, you know, like, oh, I think, you know, we have a strong group. They're, they're hungry. They're focused. And I'm excited, too, to be on the road with them and, and just get to know them a little bit better. Just got a couple more questions for you. You mentioned San Diego. That's the next team up on the schedule. What are your expectations for this game? How, how do you think that, you know, San Diego is going to try to defend the Rebels? Well, I think Coach Kruger mentioned that this is truly their first road game. I mean, they played in that tournament um, earlier this this year, the SoCal Challenge Tournament, um, which was which was great too. You know, they they put up right. two dubs there. But uh, Coach Kruger is telling his guys, "No, this is the first road game," and a lot of these players know each other from being from Southern California. So, um, you know, the Red Rebels have a target on their back for sure. So. Um, this will definitely be kind of like almost like the first real game for for UNLV besides, you know, knocking off 21st rate Dayton. But um, I'm excited to see how these guys go. They they have a week, you know, to prepare and, and come out strong against USD. So, you know, UNLV's got some shooters. We'll see how they defend UNLV on Saturday. What how good this defense has been for this team, and I think that they've bought in and found their identity soon about, hey, this is going to be a lockdown mm-hmm. defensive team. Do you sense that with Coach Kruger from your time with him, that def- defense is going to be the hallmark of this team? Yeah, because last year, man, they struggled defensively. I mean, they had a lot of guys that could shoot last year, Donovan Williams, Bryce Hamilton, Royce Ham Jr., um, but defensively, they definitely struggled last year. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. They were so uh, up and down last year in that consistency that, you know, we just didn't see from, from UNLV. But this year, we're seeing a much more stronger defensive team. And that's what Coach Kruger went out and recruited. He wanted to recruit guys that, you know, played strong defense. And we're seeing that from, from his new guys. And even Keyshawn Gilbert, I mean, the sophomore has really stepped up. I mean, he's just a dog out there every single night. So for him to just be a sophomore and, and to be, you know, so aggressive and so much more improved this year just shows you how much better uh, Kevin Kruger's team is this year. And hats off to Kevin Kruger in his second year. You know, he's, he's kind of, you know, figured things out and, and got his team rolling. All right, there it is right there. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. What do you got coming out of the rep zone that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a busy rev zone with, with the firing of Coach Arroyo and, you know, everything we got from, from Harper and, hey, if, you know, Harper, you know, finds his guy this week, we'll have, we'll have him on the rev zone. Um, you know, Kevin Kruger is now on the rev zone every Sunday, so we're full speed, the running rebels, but, you know, now, now with UNLV football completely, um, you know, starting over, you know, that's going to be on the rev zone the latest on, on UNLV and then the running rebels. Every Sunday. There you go. Well, Paloma, great stuff as always. We definitely appreciate you. Enjoy your trip to San Diego. Thank You've been you. to Hawaii. You're been. You're all over the place. You're living your best man, life, man. You know what I need? I need one of those really nice, like Mercedes vans because I am tired of paying rent. Like I'm just over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, over it. I'm I heard that. A van, you know there what you I mean? go. Yes, get you get you a Sprinter and get you a driver. There's no reason to drive either while you're at it. Too funny. <laughs> well, Too Paloma. Funny. Thank you so much, Paloma. We appreciate you. 
See you guys. Bye. See ya. There she goes. Paloma Villacana. She said, I, I need a Mercedes van. <laughs> not just not, a regular van. I mean, not just a regular van. She said, I need a Mercedes van. I'm not mad. Hey, look, if you're going to go, go hard, right? Make it, do it big. But uh, yeah, Paloma's been everywhere from Notre Dame to Hawaii, now in San Diego. Uh, yeah, she's got, a, she's got a good little gig right there and keeping us up to date on all things running Rebels and all things Rebels related. UNLV, we'll talk some aces with her coming up real soon. But uh, thank very much to Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villacana. 3.15 is the time. When we come back, get some more of your texts off that don'tbebroke.com text line at 3.30. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. Who are you most concerned about in this game Sunday? Coming to Allegiant Stadium is the L.A. Chargers, so who's on your radar? Let us know about it. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. It's the don'tbebroke.com text line. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Who are you most concerned about this game Sunday? As the Chargers head to town, 69187, keyword r and It's a question that we threw out there on the text line. Don'tbebroke.com text line brought to you by the Dollar Loan Center of the DLC. Appreciate them. But we also want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. You want to chime in on the show, it's all good. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, good afternoon, gentlemen. One charger we have to pay attention to is wide receiver Joshua Palmer. The last five games, he's averaging nine and a half targets a game as well as 74 yards per game. He's been Herbert's go-to guy with Allen and Williams recently out. Need to stop this weapon and take him out of the game. Honorable mention, we need to keep that one charger troll that we all know who talks a big game. Yes, that annoying charger fan. Let's put the smack down on these chargers and shut them charger fans up. Another win would be three in a row. I like the sound of that. Raiders from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, uh, yeah, Josh Palmer is is the go-to guy right now. And I'm not saying he's Keenan Allen. I'm saying he's Mike Williams, but he's been the go-to guy as of late for Justin Herbert because other guys have been injured. So, you know, when they say another guy is injured, someone's got to step up. So Joshua Palmer has been trying to step up the most he can for the Chargers, someone to pay attention to. Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q and DeMond? The receivers need to make sure the Chargers secondary gets neutralized on Sunday. If they run good routes and hang on to the ball when it hits their hands, it'll be a fun day for Carr and the offense. So, really, uh, he's, he's basically what concerns him the most is the, re- the receivers for the Raiders doing their job. Right, running the right routes, catching the ball. When it hits your hands, catch the ball. Foster Morrow looking at you, not trying to talk bad to the man, but I mean, I hate when the ball gets into guys' chest and hits them in the pads more time. And that used to happen to Amari Cooper all the time. That's why he used to drop the ball a lot. Is when that ball would hit him in the pads, and that happened to Foster on Sunday. And so, man, I, I like it when you see a guy go out there and use those those hands to catch the ball and not allow it to get into their body. Even on that touchdown catch that Foster had in the end zone that tied the game up, I mean, he still let it get all the way to his body. He just kind of cradled it when it came in. It floated in. Great pass from Derek Carr. And I'll tell you, when I saw Foster there, and I know my man Vegas Jess was like, oh, man, if you drop that damn ball. I'll tell you what, if Foster had dropped that touchdown pass in the end zone, Vegas Jess might have gone through my mama's TV. <laughs> he might have been he might have been so mad that he forgot that he was at my mama's house. and He might have gone through her TV. I'll tell you, Vegas Jess was not too happy with Foster Morrow with those drops that he had early in the game. But he was able to secure that touchdown catch, and that was obviously a, a big deal. One more text that I want to get to real quick, and we were talking about penalties and how that the Raiders have to worry and be concerned about the officials, and I was like, man, I don't even trip off that anymore. It just is what it is. It kind of goes with the territory. It's kind of what part of being a Raider is, and we got a text from the 986Q. You're tripping on this one. There's nothing fun about the penalty situation with this team. It's frustrating as hell. It needs to change the franchise. I agree with that. I say it every week. You got to cut back the penalties, right? I mean, that's no no doubter, but – 
what I'm saying is part of being a Raider is the fact that there's going to be a call or two that's probably going to be bad. Right? You just have to kind of accept it at this point. There's nothing that you can really do about it. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing the team could do about it. I mean, if these officials are trained to call penalties against the Raiders, they're going to do it. It's nothing that Mark Davis can't do anything. He can't write to Roger Goodell and be like, I demand that the officials call it cleaner. They're just not going to do it. So like I mentioned in the last hour, sometimes you just have to overcome that. Sometimes things aren't going your way. And I, I say this with life. I think this is a good life lesson as well. Sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes you don't get that fair shake. Sometimes someone else gets something that you think that you deserved. You know what? Instead of pouting about it, I'm not saying you are, but instead of pouting about it or complaining or saying, well, I can't do it because this person won't allow me to, you have to overcome these things. You have to say, screw it. I'm going to find a a way to, 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 to overcome that issue. And again, I take this off the football field and I use this in life. This is my philosophy in life. I've been told a million times what I can't do. And all I tell everyone is what I can do and why I'll prove you wrong that I can do whatever I want to do. I've been told a million times, you can't do this, you can't succeed here, you can't do that. Fine, great. I love all your reasons why I can't do something. I'm going to give you all the reasons why I can do something. And the one reason I can do something is, is, is looking in the mirror. I look in the mirror and I point at myself. I can do this because I, I can do it. Simple as that. I never allow anything to be a crutch. And so there's nothing worse than a crutch. And, and, and people that allow something, oh, well, the officials won't let us win this game. If the Raiders came out of the locker room and said that, that who would want to root for that team? You know, just like Joshua Daniel said, we're the Raiders. Okay, he gets it. He's not going to sit in his, in his office and be like, oh, my gosh, we're going gonna to get this terrible call. They're going to allow this 12th guy to run on the field, and we're going to you know, complain about it and throw a fit about it. And, you know, what does he always say? Hold his breath and jump up and down. I mean, you just you can't. You've just got to move on. S happens all the time. You just have to move on and find a way to overcome it. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Raider Fisher, Berkeley, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, you know, this reminds <clears throat> man, you be asking some good questions. So <laughs> this reminds me when Marty Schottenheimer and them used to beat the brakes off of us. And they used to talk to the players. And, man, it was so disheartening. The players... After they retired or whatever, they used to interview, say, hey, what's, this? what's up with the Raiders? Why would y'all just beat the paint off their hood every game you played? And you know what they used to say? They used to say, they the Raiders. They're going to find a way to mess up. Well, guess what? We got a new reputation, man. We got a first. So first of all, we need to embrace this new reputation. All around the league, they like, God, dog, if them Raiders get into a, a close game, they may mess around and win it. But more importantly, to my point, the Chargers are the same way how we used to be with the Chiefs, especially with this new coach. And I love the name that JT gave him, Boy Blunder. He's going <laughs> to find a way to out-coach himself. Now, arrogance will oftentimes lead someone to do something they normally won't do. Yep. And I guarantee you, dollars to donuts, the dude I'm watching out for is Boy Blunder because he's going to do two or three. He's going to mismanage the clock. He's going to get super aggressive or very arrogant like he did last. And we got to punish him. We got to make that dude pay because he's arrogant. And I don't know if he knows, but I ain't going to say that. But he mismanages the clock. He's arrogant. And we just got to capitalize. I guarantee, this is my prediction for this week. Last week I said we're going to run for 200 plus and it happened. Boy Blunder, two or three times, is going to make some questionable decisions. And we need to be ready to pounce. Show up, show out, and yeah. how to just win, baby. What you got?
for a while. Right. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley. No, that's that's true. If there's a if there's a decision that Brandon Staley makes that is a bad decision, the Raiders have to take advantage of that. It's like getting points off turnovers, right? I mean, if you create a turnover, you want to get points off it every time. Regardless if it's seven or if it's three, you want to get points, preferably seven, obviously. But that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. And so if there's a mistake being made by the coaching staff, by Brandon Staley, who has a tendency to make bad decisions, the Raiders have to find a way to capitalize on it. That's how you overcome other issues that you may face throughout the course of the game. All right, this is going to happen. Okay, this is how we do better. This is how we improve that. And that's why I was excited about going back to the penalties real quick, and then we'll get to some Josh McDaniel sound. That's why in the, in the training camp in the preseason I was excited because there was such an emphasis on not committing penalties. Because, look, if you start playing clean ball consistently, you know what the officials will say? Oh, that can't be a penalty because they don't commit penalties, right? I mean, that's what happens. How many times do you see a team that's very, very – rarely has penalties on them get called for a penalty that probably was pretty obvious but the officials are so trained to oh that they don't commit penalties they play very disciplined ball they'll keep that flag in their pocket more times than not but when you're someone who is a consistent habitual you know penalty get creator they're gonna do that it's just like it's just like people in general and i'm not trying to throw salt on his name but like jonathan abram remember early in his career he would go and fly around and hit people, and then all of a sudden he'd get a personal foul penalty. He would get that because it kind of created that, that, uh, that persona for himself. And by the way, he is now in Seattle. Uh, he was picked up off of waivers by the Seattle Seahawks today. So that's, that could be a really good spot for him, kind of play that Cam Chancellor role down there by, in the box, right? Similar to what he did when uh, you know, he was under Gus Bradley with the Raiders. Uh, I think that that spot right there in Seattle might be really good for Jonathan Abrams. So uh, that's where he is at now as they're, after getting picked up on waivers today. But – Guys will create reputations. It's kind of like it's kind of like you having family members that lies all the time, right? I'm serious. Like you have that guy that that lies all the time. Then when they tell you something, you're like, yeah, man, that dude's always lying, right? That's his reputation. And then when he tells you something truthful, you're like, yeah, whatever. And it could be the truth, right? I mean, again, reputations follow people. Reputations follow teams. So if you're a team that all of a sudden your reputation is they play clean ball, they play disciplined ball, they don't do that. Guess what? The officials are gonna think they don't do that. But it's on you as the team to be able to adapt and all of a sudden play better ball. And a lot of times, man, the Raiders have played loose ball over the years. And that's part of the reason why they have that reputation. But keep those texts coming, 69187, keyword R&R. Keep those calls coming at 702-365-9200. Again, who are you most concerned about this game Sunday as the Chargers come to town? Now, uh, as we turn the page to the Chargers, already had a preview earlier today from Don Ryan Dirud from uh, the L.A. Football Network. Want to hear what head coach Josh McDaniels had to say. He met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. And this was his opening statement just talking about turning the page to the Chargers. Um, okay, so um, obviously onto the Chargers and uh, just watching them, I think it's been really impressive to see how they've um, handled, you know, their issues relative to the injuries that they've gone through. And, um, you know, I think Tom and Brandon have done a great job of putting that team together and the depth of their roster has really been, you know, um, challenged and they've used a lot of people and they've gone in there and played good football so um, it's kind of a I don't say it's a completely different team but there's definitely some changes from the first time we played them three months ago to now and um, so a lot of our focus is going to be on um, you know just getting familiar with the people that we're going to be lined up against which is a little different than the first game so um, 
explosive team, all three phases, excellent in the kicking game. Um, you know, as good a punter as we're going to see. Um, you know, have used three kickers and don't miss any kicks. Um, Carter's a dangerous returner. Uh, offensively, obviously, you know, you, you know, where do you want to start? Um, Herbert, excellent, um, continues to do it uh, at a high level. And I'm talking about basically everything in terms of quarterback play. Eckler, 80 catches, uh, you know, leads league and yards after catch, hard to tackle, um, you know, touchdown maker, obviously scored a lot of scores, a lot of points every year he's in the league. Uh, and I know they're getting some of their receiving weapons back too. So um, big challenge for us on defense and, and then, you know, defensively Mac uh, gave us fits in the first game, uh, Derwin James, uh, you know, all over the field, as good a safety as we see, uh, no doubt, no doubt about it. Really good blitzer, good in coverage, uh, finds the ball, gets it off of people, got it off Arizona the other day. Um, you know, and they've they've played a, a lot of bodies on defense, which, like I said, is a, is a tribute to Brandon and what he's been able to do, you know, with the depth on the roster. So uh, a lot of good football players, uh, big, big challenge in all three phases. There's head coach Joshua Daniels just kind of giving overall thoughts on, on all elements of the Chargers team, offensively, defensively, special teams, even brought up, you know, the kicker, uh, Dicker the kicker, that's his name, Cameron Dicker out of University of Texas, man. He was a hell of a kicker there. Uh, they loved him there. They really did, and he actually got the job because of all of the injuries that the Chargers had at the, the kicking position. But uh, he's he's really good one, and, uh, you know, they, they do have some, some better guys in the special teams unit uh, as they have, uh, you know, uh, opposed to what they've had in previous years. So he basically breaks it down, man. It's a lot different team than they were when the Raiders went to L.A. and faced them week one. How about the Raiders? They're a little bit different as well. Uh, they activated Tyler Hall to the full roster, the active roster. Yesterday they put, uh, they put Anthony Averett, put him on, uh, on IR, so his season is over. But Hall, in small portions, you know, hasn't played a ton uh, had about 30 snaps in the game on Sunday against the Seahawks, uh, but did have a nice sack against the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson a couple weeks ago. Uh, here's, here's Josh McDaniels talking about activating Tyler Hall and why they found the reason why they wanted to put him on the active roster. Yeah, I just felt like it was the right, I mean, at this point, you know, um, with AA going down again, you know, Tyler's been up a couple times. It just, you know, rather than, you know, keep him on the practice squad and elevate him again, I think he's done enough to – uh, to earn the right to be on the on the roster and you know and he's played in the last few games and uh, that would be the intention going forward so um, you know credit him um, and what he's been able to do and um, just like the way he's competed and played and uh, we'll expect the same from him this week. So there's the reason why they elevated him to the active roster instead of just keeping him on the practice squad and then, you know, elevating him to, to the game day roster right before like they did uh, the last couple of weeks. But uh, here, Josh McDaniels goes a little bit more in depth on what he's actually seen from Tyler Hall. You know, he's, he's really, nothing's been too big for him, you know, and uh, it starts with communication and working with the other guys in the secondary and the linebacking core and making sure that you're where you're supposed to be. Um, and I think he's done a decent job of that. Uh, that's kind of, that stood out, you know, even before we elevated him. Um, you know, he, he understands the game plan. He understands his role or asking him to do. Uh, he tries to play his assignment the way he's been coached to play it, which I love. And um, he competes, he tackles, um, you know, he competes in coverage and he plays hard. And so uh, for a young guy like that, you know, he brings some speed and some burst to our defense and um, some toughness. And like I said, there's a maturity to him, even though he's a young player, there's a maturity to him 
Um, you know, when he's listening to the call, he's hearing the communication from the safeties. Like he's locked into it, and and he's rarely made mistakes relative to pre-snap, you know, decisions. So, um, again, that's the way you earn playing time. You know, you get an opportunity and you make the most of it, and then you earn more. And and uh, he's a good example of that. There you go, Josh McDaniels talking about Tyler Hall and what he's seen from him and the reason why you know they really put him on the active roster. And again, that kind of goes to a testament of if you work hard, you put the work in in practice, uh, you show the coaches what they want to see. You know, you, you get that opportunity, and and then when you get that opportunity, you got to make the most of the opportunity. And that's what Tyler Hall has done. And again, that goes back to even what I was saying earlier when we were talking about penalties. And well, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, I'm you know I'm only on the practice squad. I'm not an active roster guy. I'm not going to get any playing time. No, if you go out there and you work your tail off, you can get that playing time. You can get elevated to the active roster, and he did. And when he was elevated, he made some things happen. And so now he's getting that opportunity. And as you heard Josh McDaniel say, the, 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 the moment's not too big for him. And that obviously is a big deal. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Got a couple more sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels, including uh, the contributions from Amir Abdullah and what he's seen from him besides the round, the roundabout. What was it called? The roundhouse kick? What was that? Was that? Yeah, roundhouse kick. <laughs> there it is, the roundhouse kick. <laughs> besides the roundhouse kick, they got a penalty. Uh, what has he seen from Amir Abdullah? I mean, Amir's contributing in a lot of ways, you know. I mean, obviously, you guys see him as the kick returner, and there's statistics that go with that. But, you know, he's playing gunner. You know, he's running down the kickoff team. Uh, he scores a touchdown on third down, converts a few other third downs, um, playing playing a little bit more of a role on offense, you know, as the season has gone on. So, um, great teammate, uh, unselfish. Obviously, he's got skill, um, makes some impactful plays in the kicking game and on offense. So, uh, love having Amir, and uh, like I said, he he's that guy that no matter what you tell him to do, he's going to do it. You know what I mean? And he wants to help the team in any way that he can. So, um, just I think it's a really good example for for our rest of our guys. So that was actually my question that I asked to him about Amir Abdullah. I didn't want to ask him, hey, you think he's about to break one? Because I think he's about to break one. But you know, I, I basically kind of framed it as the, hey, does it feel like Amir Abdullah's getting in his groove as that kick returner? And then that's when he went into, you know, the more detail about, well, he does a lot of things besides just kick return. And I, and I do realize that. Of course, he had the big touchdown catch uh, from Derek Carr, the nice wheel route that he ran. And uh, he's been doing some good returns. And again, I, I really do feel like he's in a groove. He's in a really good place. And he's close to breaking one. And I would love to see that happened. Again, it's been so long. The Raiders are starving for a guy to take one to the house, right? I mean, it's been so long. I would love to see Amir Abdullah do it, and I think that he has the opportunity just because he's been very close to just breaking that one. So uh, there you go. There's Joshua Daniels talking about Amir Abdullah and the way he contributes to the silver and black. Just got a couple more for you and a couple of injury updates. I asked him about Andrew Billings and Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs uh, was supposed to practice last week. He didn't because of an illness. Uh, it would have been great to get him back for Seattle. It would be great to get him back for the Chargers if available. And Andrew Billings left the game early last week against Seattle with a lower leg injury. So I asked him about Billings and Hobbs and what his thoughts on those guys were. I'm hopeful that, that Nate will be, you know, like I said, it, that was the intent last week, but uh, he fell ill, so uh, Nate's feeling better, and hopefully that will will take form here this week, and uh, AB seems to be doing heading in the right direction too, so um, again, we probably won't know a whole lot on some of these guys until at least tomorrow, um, based on what we're doing today and how we're going to kind of, you know, go through this, this day today, um, but I think, like I said, I think we have a lot of guys heading in the right direction. Glorified walkthrough is what they did today. So it wasn't really a whole lot of practice. That's why he said they'll have a better idea tomorrow 
of where these guys are at. But that's a good sign that it sounds like and you know Andrew Billings and Nate Hobbs are both going to be available this upcoming week. And I'll say this, uh, Vinny Bonsignor already sent over some sound from the Raiders locker room, Andrew Billings. So that's a good sign. Right, Andrew Billings just talking to the media uh, in the Raiders locker room is definitely a good sign. So we'll hear that coming up before the 4 o'clock hour. As a matter of fact, we'll hear some sounds from Andrew Billings. He also sent over some Josh Jacobs, so we'll get that in before the show's over as well. Final soundbite from head coach Josh McDaniels. Then we'll take a quick break. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Talked a lot about them yesterday. Even started off today talking about it with my guy, Fargo Raider. He went to bed thinking about Waller and Renfo. Woke up talking about Waller and Renfo. Well, uh, Josh McDaniels was asked about them, and if those guys are going to be who are eligible to return following this game on Sunday versus the Chargers, if, that, if they feel like they're close enough to be activated. I think it's definitely, you know, definitely close enough. It's just, you know, I'd say timing and the fact that, you know, that, that week is what it is. You know, we'll have to make a decision here that's, I'd say, we'll have to factor in a lot of things here, you know, because it's hard to, you know, sometimes it's hard to play guys that haven't had any chance to practice. You know what I mean? It's the same thing we did with Hobbs last week. It's hard to say he's going to play and hasn't practiced in a month and a half. So I think that's, you don't want to do the disservice to the to the player. So, um, yeah, they're getting closer, no doubt. They're working really hard to get back as soon as they can, and um, we're aware of the clock, and we'll have to make a smart decision when that time comes. So there you go. That's it. Probably doesn't sound like to me from what Josh McDaniels had to say that they'll play in that game on on Thursday against the Rams. It just doesn't sound like it because it's just such a a quick turnaround, right? Only playing on four short days, playing that Thursday night football game. So uh, they want to be able to get an opportunity to get those guys out there and practice to see what they look like before they commit them to playing. So even if they are eligible, which they are eligible to come back uh, after the after the Chargers game, it sounds like, and again, it's just based off what he said, sounds like that they won't be available immediately. But at some point, uh, they probably could come back this season. Sound like they're both getting really close. So we'll see what it looks like if and when Darren Waller returns and if and when Hunter Renfro returns. 3.42 is the time when we come back. Andrew Billings was in the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to catch up with them. You'll hear from him next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.47 is the time. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Doug Kai from P- PFF, that's Pro Football Focus, will join us to talk all things free agency. And, of course, we'll lead off with Josh Jacobs. We do have some Josh Jacobs sound from inside the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and a few others caught up with Josh. Also, a few others caught up with Andrew Billings. And I want to lead off with Andrew Billings because he was a guy that I thought, especially the interior part of that Raiders defensive line, I feel like they really set the tone on Sunday for the Raiders in that pass rush. And I thought that that was the first time all season you really saw a big-time impact. You know, not only just slowing down the run, but also pressuring the quarterback. And that's something that the Raiders definitely need. So uh, here's a few of the media members in the Raiders locker room a few minutes ago with Andrew Billings. You got some pass rush up the middle too. Um, obviously, you know, Max has been kind of the guy, but getting that getting that interior pressure out, how valuable is that? That's huge. I mean, that's the more we can do, the better we do, the better the edge does. So we get that middle push, quarterback can step up. Max, I guess the sack. Max misses him, and we're there. We can get the sack ourselves. Josh McDaniels talked about adding Jerry Tillery and how it helps um, extend the rotation so that guys are more fresher mm-hmm. in there. How much does that? count in a game like that? Uh, a, lot, a lot, especially for somebody like me. I mean, like, <laughs> it helps. Yeah, having that rotation is just, it's, it's priceless. Do you feel it? Did you feel it being oh, a little yeah. bit more spry? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And what does he bring to the table that uh, you know that that kind of helps the interior of the defensive line? Pass rush, run defense. He's he's on. He's a extra D lineman. That rotation and just just having that is huge. You guys, you and Bilal have been playing really well uh, together. Uh, do you feel like you're kind of getting into that sort of a groove right now? Yeah, yeah. As we keep playing, as the season keeps going on, we get more of a chemistry together. I think that's just it comes along with just playing all these games, all the snaps and practice together. Just in general, the, the performance in Seattle and the interior line. How much? How can it carry over to the rest of the season? How does that work? How does it carry over to the rest of the season? Been a build on that, uh, like just playing together. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, like, uh, as the season goes on, I think it'll get tighter and tighter. Yeah. You just, you know where guys are going to be. I guess that's, that's the main thing. Right. Yeah, when you go, especially in pass rush, you don't know, you know, you know you got double team, but uh, going outside or inside, you just, you kind of learn his tendencies. There's Andrew Billings right there in the Raiders locker room. And, I mean, the good thing about it is after leaving the game on Sunday uh, on a cart, uh, obviously he's in the locker room talking to the media. That's a great sign. Right. And look, I'm not saying that Andrew Billings is going to do it all by himself. He's not. But being part of that rotation, you heard what he said. Hey, it's it's helping having Jerry Tillery as part of that rotation. He's talking about him. He's talking about Bilal Nichols. He's talking about Jerry Tillery. Clee Furl. I don't want to forget about Clee. It's easy to get him kind of caught up in the shuffle and forget about him. But Clee makes some impactful plays. And he'll never, ever, ever, no matter where he plays or how long he plays, he'll never live up to being drafted number four overall. And that's not his fault. But I'll tell you what, man, you want to talk about a dude that does everything he can and and try to try to achieve whatever any coach he's had has asked him to do. If it's play outside, he'll play outside. If it's play inside, he'll play inside. If it's dropping coverage, he'll drop in coverage. Clee Farrell will do anything that any coach asks him to do. And he'll do it to the best of his ability. Again, you cannot fault him for where he was drafted. Was he was he drafted too high? Absolutely. But Clee, man, he really he busts his backside off. He really does. And I can appreciate the way he plays. And he's a part of that healthy rotation up front with an Andrew Billings, with a Bilal Nichols, with a Jerry Tillery who's new to the team. And you also add Clee Furl in there. Now, of course, another guy that everyone's talking about and focusing on is Josh Jacobs. We talked about him a lot. We'll talk about him at the top of the next hour with Doug Codd from Pro Football Focus. Josh Jacobs caught up with the media, and it's funny, in this little media session and this little group segment right here, uh, Heidi Fang talks to him about uh, you know, getting a little bit higher on the all-time leading rusher list as far as Raiders go. And right now he's currently seventh, and he'll be, if he uh, gets one more yard, then he'd be tied with Darren McFadden for sixth with 4,247 yards. Well, of course, he's going to get more than one more yard. He's about 500-something yards away from Napoleon Kaufman for fourth. So that's where Josh Jacobs is at right now. 4,246 total yards. Has Darren McFadden in front of him. Marv Hubbard right in front of him, and then Napoleon Kaufman in front of him. Uh, before uh, Ahead of Ka- uh, Kaufman is Clem Daniels, uh, Mark Van Egan, and then Marcus Allen, of course, is the all-time leading rusher. But let's get into Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room. Share it with team, the offensive line, and everything else as well. Man, I think they be caring about it more than I do. They, everybody coming up to me, they be celebrating. I'm, I mean, it's just, it's just another thing for me. I mean, ultimately, the only thing that really made me happy is winning games. So that's, that's what I'm trying to get to. Josh, when you watch that 86-yard touchdown run, and I've watched it a bunch of times, um, it's kind of a case study in everybody doing their job. I mean, if one guy misses a block, maybe that's a six-yard, eight-yard game. But a play like that, when everybody does their job, they could go for 86. Is that kind of what the message that, that you guys are trying to send here? I mean, we kind of said that, uh, you know, the day of the game, we felt like a lot of uh, rounds was close. We just had to, you know, strain a little bit more, do a little do a little bit more, you know, on, on attention to detail and things like that. Um, I mean, and we told the guys, like, second quarter, first, well, end of the first quarter, like, one of these is going to pop. So it just happened to be, you know, the, the – the biggest play in the game, but 
man, I mean, we knew we knew we had one coming. I know you don't look a lot at records, but you know you're about one yard away from getting to the next step up on the Raiders' all-time rushing list. Like when you start thinking about goals in that hold way, on, hold on, one yard away from what? Uh, I think from the next one up. So you're seven right now, all-time yeah. Raiders leading rushers. So oh, to get to dope. six, you got one more yard. Okay. To get up, I think past to, um, I think what we'll say past five is like 150 yards on the season. So, oh, so they ain't that much. Yeah, like those, those are the kind of things that kind of help you set goals for yourself. Nah, man, I'm not a person like I tell people all the time. I never set goals. Like I know, I know a lot of people say it's good, it's important to have goals and this, that, and the third. But I'm not a person that 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 I don't really believe in that. You know, I, I believe in uh, you you coming in to work and you work each day and you work at you know the best of your abilities and everything else to take care of yourself. So I'm kind of a firm believer in that. There you go. Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room. Again, another guy that we know is banged up, dealing with a calf injury, but a good sign that he is in the Raiders locker room, talking with the media, same as Andrew Billings. Both really good signs for those guys to potentially play on Sunday. Uh, two guys that are going to be needed against the Chargers. We got Doug Kide coming up from Pro Football Focus at the top of the hour. Before we do, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, John, in Orange County. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? Uh, hell of a job, man. Love your program and your partner. Uh, what you guys do out there is support Raider Nation to the fullest. Uh, best information across the league, man. Hey, uh, so I just want to get a word on uh, what's your thoughts on Tillery. Uh, my brother-in-law, he's a, he's, he's a uh, Charger fan, and uh, uh, he told me that Billings or uh, Tillery wasn't going to – well, he wasn't really much of an impact, drafted high as well. Uh, really smart guy, but uh, physically matched. Uh, what did you see in his last, I think last game was his first start, or the previous game was his first start, whatever. What kind of impact do you see him making, aside from the rotation and just getting guys with fresh legs and stuff? What do you see his upside is? Uh, and may this be one of those uh, scheme guys that uh, Patrick Graham has really been talking about, guys that fit into in, in his scheme that can make impact? Um, and also, uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm just excited because uh, this is just a little uh, – this little thing is like I'm really excited for this party game. I think the first game, if we would have been striding like we are now, we we handily could have just beat the Chargers like 34-21 or you know 40 to 21 because there was a couple plays that were just not made. Yeah. But I think this game is going to be one of those. I'm not like you said. Don't say the p word. I'm not even thinking about that. I just want to see us progress. I want to see us get tired of the unit and execute because it's all about execution. If you and if whoever hasn't had the time to go see the sounds of the game. I'll read it on com. Go check it out, man. The silent was popping. Lots of words of encouragement. And that's what it is, man. Taking strides, getting better, every single every single play, every single snap, man. Like, I just feel that we're going towards the right way. And, you know, go Raiders, man. I love your program, man. Go Raider Nation. All right, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. Real quick, as far as Tillery goes, he's a guy that's usually had a lot of success against the Raiders. I'm kind of the jury is still out on what he's doing for the Raiders. I know he's part of that rotation, as you heard Andrew Billings talk about. I haven't re- you know, seen the big impact yet. I think he can be that guy. The reason why I heard, and, and look, we talked to uh, Ryan DeRude uh, earlier in the in the show, and he said that you know it was a surprise that they let him go. I just heard that it was a, a difference of opinions. Basically, uh, he was going one direction 
direction and the team wanted to go another direction. So it wasn't really a good fit there with the Chargers. He could end up being, he's still a young cat, man. He used to be a former first-round pick, uh, number 28 overall, I do believe. He has the opportunity to be somebody, right? And he could be a scheme fit for Patrick Graham. I think the next handful of games is very important for Tillery so they, he can answer that question and so you can answer that question for yourself, seeing what he's able to do, right? I think that this is, I call it evaluation season. That's what every one of these games are. I'm not talking about the P word either, but progress is a good P word. We could talk about that. Progress and evaluation is what the Raiders are doing. 3.57 is the time. When we come back, Doug Kide, our good friend from Pro Football Focus, he'll join the show to talk all things free agency. Plus, we got more sound from the Raiders locker room. We'll get to all of that coming up next on Raider Nation Radio 920.